Welcome back to Top Cheddar. Cam Moon. Sometimes I get called Mooner. Yes, we have Rob Lollisher. I like to call him Lolly. And this week... I, I like it we when you ha- call me Lolly Mooner. Well, yeah, that's... I, I knew you for two years before I found out your first name was Rob. <laughs> Do you ever have that awkward moment I did with a few teammates? Your parents come to visit and, and yeah, this at the is... rink and uh, you go to introduce one of your teammates <laughs> and you have no idea what their first name is. because You never say up. it. So why? how would you even know? You're right. Uh, who is it? Scott Ferguson. Remember Fergie? Yes, I do. Oilers, Minnesota. Yeah. Kamloops. Yeah. Dad came by and Fergie comes up. And I think I introduced him as Jeff Ferguson. And he turns to me, Yeah, it's Scott. Scott. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's right. Jeff Ferguson played goal for the Spokane Chiefs. I haven't yeah. heard one of them. Yeah. We just called yeah. him Fergie. I don't know what Fergie. First That's name Fergie. is. <laughs> well, this week we've, uh, we've, come up with a, an incredible guest, a longtime NHLer, uh, just great stories from the National Hockey League, WHL grad with the Red Deer Rebels. We had Aaron Asham this week. Yeah. Oh, geez. That was a good, good chat with the guy. And, and, you know, kind of sneaks up. You know, the guy almost played a thousand games in the yeah. NHL and, and uh, he, uh, you could throw a blanket over his, his stops in the league. He he was he kept it in kind of one corner there. Yeah, all all on the in the east in a very small area. Yeah, just yeah. happened to stay and and has stayed there. Is is living out in uh, Long Island now. So great to catch up with Aaron, who's uh, who's done great work uh, putting back in his hometown of Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Yep. Uh, but yeah, just wonderful to to catch up with him and talk about his time in the NHL and the WHL and, and what he's doing since he's finished playing hockey. Yeah, no, I, I know everyone's going to enjoy it. And uh, thanks for joining us this week on Top Chatter, folks. Uh, hey, we can't forget big thanks to our sponsor, A Mooner, uh, oh. Troubled Monk Brewery. Uh, so happy these guys uh, stepped in, you know, we pressured him. Let's let's we not did. forget. Let's be honest. That's well, pressure coupled with I, I say like we we vision boarded, uh, we willed this into existence. We talked openly about we wish we had a solid uh, beer sponsor, and lo and behold, the good folks at Troubled Monk Brewery. Just I love the I love the story of entrepreneurs. And, and yeah. what an entrepreneur story. They, they started from nothing in 2015 out of Red Deer. They, they've got everything from beer to pop to gin and vodka, all kinds of uh, great beverages. And uh, with yeah. the summer coming, uh, the folks at Trouble Monk, they, they're going to they're gonna take care of, uh, they're going to quench some thirst. I know that's, that's for certain. They do great work down at their, uh, their location where they produce all of this stuff. So it's... Uh... It's an Alberta company that uh, has been doing some great things. And, and for our friends in, uh, in Alberta here, I believe you, you, I don't know how accessible it is in your neighborhood, but I've been known to once in a while, you can pop on troubledmonk.com, order yourself some beers directly and you come home in the afternoon and beers magically sitting on your front porch. It's uh, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> why don't you go check them out, folks? See if they deliver to the to your uh, corner of the world. And uh, thanks again to Troubled Monk. Okay, Mooner, Aaron Asham. Uh, what a great dude. Geez, some yeah. some solid stories and and uh, you know the career that almost never happened because of 
one thing and a, a scout stepped in and uh, boy, you can look back at that moment and say that might've been the, the turning point. It's a great hockey story and uh, it's, it's outstanding to talk with Aaron. So let's get to it. Aaron, you get to the Red Deer Rebels in the Western Hockey League as a 16-year-old. And I remember you had that great group of 16-year-olds there with Jesse Wallen. And uh, you had uh, Lance Ward on the team at that time. and uh, You had Mike Whitney in goal. Uh, what was it like for you making the jump from, I, I believe you were playing bantam hockey at that time, to the WHL? Yeah, I was. I finished. Uh, I actually started with the with the midget triple A's, and uh, we didn't have a really strong team. So the coach came up to me. We had like uh, seven or eight games left, and he was like, "Do you want to continue playing till April, or do you want to be done in in March?" So I was like, yeah. "Well, I want to continue playing." So uh, I went down and uh, started playing with the Bantams for uh, you know the last uh, third of the season and. Got noticed by uh, by Carter Sears, the head coach, or not the head coach, the head scout at the time for Red Deer, up at a tournament, and talked to him after. He was like, "We're signing you. You know, we're going to put you on our list." And and, and that's kind of how it started. Went uh, had a good summer of uh, of skating and uh, and you know trying to stay in shape, and went to camp and uh, you know had a really good camp, had a good rookie camp, uh, led to led everyone in scoring, uh, and then uh, had a great main camp. Played in our uh, our uh, inner squad game and scored five goals there, and so they That'll really do. couldn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so they so they really couldn't uh, couldn't send me down. But I was I was like five six five seven. I like I I wasn't a big big kid at the time, and uh, you know. But coming in and uh, it, you know Carter had to. Uh, <laughs> You know, I just had a new girlfriend back, you know, back in, in, in Portage. And, you know, I was tight with my brothers, tight with my family. And, you know, I was a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. And he was like, jump on the bus, come to Red Deer, which is a 12, 13-hour bus ride. Yeah. And, you know, I, was, I didn't know anything. I was like, went to the bus. My dad dropped me off. And he was like, okay, well, we'll see you later. <laughs> uh, I was like, um, I, I can't do it. I'm not jumping. I, you know, I can't do it. So I, I, I did, I didn't jump on the bus and then Carter actually drove down to Portage, grabbed me, put me in the car and drove me, drove me up to Red Deer. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it started. Wow. That, hey, that tells me, <clears throat> and I've known Carter Sears forever. That tells me how good a scout Carter Sears is. He knew how good you were and he made sure you drove all the way to Portage, which like you said, that's a <clears throat> long haul to make sure you got there. Yeah, you know, Carter was, you know, he was a savior. Uh, you know, I was always, you know, one of the most skilled guys growing up playing hockey, but, uh, you know, I never had the size. Uh, I didn't come from a great family background, so, I, you know, I think that kind of hurt me. But, uh, you know, I wasn't drafted in, uh, in the Bantam draft, which I thought I should have been. So I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder going into camp. You know, I wanted to prove everyone that, you know, even though I am – five, six, five, seven, you know, I could skate, I can play the game, I play physical, and, you know, it kind of snowballed from there. Well, you get drafted after your second year to the Montreal Canadiens in the third round. I, I love hearing guys' stories about the draft. How did it go for you? Were you were you at the draft? Did you hear about it? What was the deal? No, I, uh, I actually went up. Yeah, I went to St. Louis. Uh, me and my agent went up there. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. He thought I was going, 
you know, he thought it was going to go in the late fourth round, uh, early fifth. Uh, I was hoping I was going to go a little sooner, but, you know, at the time I was just, you know, excited to be there and, you know, have a chance to get drafted. And, you know, Montreal, you know, threw, threw, threw us a curveball a little bit and, you know, and, and picked me in the 71st overall in the third round. And, uh, I was never a, a huge Habs fan, but, uh, <laughs> but at the t- you know, but at the time I was, uh, you know, I was ecstatic. It was, uh, you know, it was a dream come true. I know your third year, uh, the Red Deer Rebels go to the Eastern Conference final. And it's the farthest the team had ever gone to that point. And we've had Jesse Wallen on Top Cheddar and, and we've talked about that playoff run because it sounds like it was a magical time. The city really got behind you. What do you remember from that? Oh, I remember a heartbreaking drive from Lethbridge after uh, after game uh, game five or game six. It was it was a great run. You know, we uh, the year before we uh, you know we beat Swift Current uh, in the first round in in an upset, and uh, you know I I think that kind of got the you know got the city buzzing a little bit. You know, realizing that you know yeah we do have a pretty good team here, and and you know we just carried it on into the next year. Uh, started off a little slow we added some pieces you know towards uh, at the deadline and uh, you know we just came up short uh, I don't know what it was I thought we were just as good as Lethbridge you know how playoff hockey goes uh, yeah. you know we go there and we split and we come home and you know which we were uh, you know a tough team to beat all year and, and and in the playoffs and just a couple bad penalties here a couple bounces there and you know we're going back to Lethbridge three to one and still bothers me it yeah, really does I, really. Was actually, I was actually talking with uh with wally and and carter two weeks ago they called me which was funny they were driving up i think they're scouting with st louis now and they're driving up together so they called me and we had a nice uh 30 minute conversation about the you know about the good old times and you know and how carter uh you know, basically kidnapped me to get me to render. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a fine line, I suppose. Either way, <laughs> thank God he did out. it, though. Thank God yeah. he did it, though. Hey, 292 points. That's the most. You played four years with the Red Deer Rebels. 292 points is the most in franchise history. So you should be extremely proud of that. That's uh, yeah, was, that's uh, something. You know, surprise, it's still around. But you know, there's there's some guys that you know definitely would have beat it, but the you know, they left, uh, you know, Nuge Hopkins would have, uh, I think he yeah. would have beat it and, you know, the guys, but uh, they're destined for greater things. And, you know, thank God I still have my name in the record book somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> I'll take so it. Your, your 20-year-old year, I know you played some games at the end of your 19-year-old year in the American League, but your, your 20-year-old year, you get, to, uh, you get to the American League, but you also get games in with Montreal and the NHL. Uh, when you got the that first game in what can you remember is it all a blur like how how excited were you I was I was extremely nervous we were playing against Pittsburgh that was uh November 28th I think it was 1998 it's crazy I can remember my first game but you know I just remember getting the call and uh you know not knowing what to expect you know I kind of knew a little bit of the guys from from camps and stuff but you know 20 year old uh you know, kid coming in to play for, for such a story franchise. I was, I was extremely nervous and I just tried to not, tried not to make any mistakes, finished every check and, you know, uh, tried to help the team in, uh, in somewhat, but I was, I was extremely nervous because, you know, my whole hometown was watching and, uh, 
you know, but, uh, you know, what a, what an experience, definitely. Especially yeah, being at, the whole... at home and, and at the Bell Center. It was, it, yeah. it was crazy. Forced everyone to become Canadians fans. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, uh, we're Jets fans and Oilers fans growing up and, uh, well, at least I was. And, uh, but, uh, we, we switched pretty quick <laughs> once I got drafted, we're all half fans. So what was the, uh, just that that atmosphere the there's there's something so special about montreal and and you spent a long time in the nhl and you know all about it what is it like being part of that tradition in that city it's it's hard to explain uh it it's it it, it's so hard to explain it's an original six you know they're such a storied franchise they take their hockey very very seriously there and uh the fans especially and you know you have to watch what you're doing around there it's uh not so much back when i was because you know the social media wasn't wasn't around but you know nowadays i couldn't imagine playing in montreal or playing in a toronto or a canadian yeah. city it's uh you know it's i'm sure uh i'm sure they're watched very carefully there like uh I couldn't imagine some of the stuff would have came out if there were cell phones and, you know, cameras and social media back. We are all thankful. Yeah. We're all very thankful (laughs) back in the late nineties, early two thousand. So it was, I I was, uh, these kids are definitely under a microscope now. Yeah. Now your, your early years, you were, uh, you were in the American league. You were with the, with the Habs. It it was kind of a, a back and forth at what point, did you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here and, and I, I know I can play at this level and I'm going to stay here. Cause there was a little bit of back and forth the first few years. It's like a lot of guys. I mean, there's yeah. quite an adjustment from junior to pro. Uh, at what point did you feel like, all right, I've, I've developed, I'm ready for this now. You know, I think after my first year pro my first year in the minors, you know, I got those, uh, I think I got seven or eight games up and, you know, in my mind, like I wasn't out of place there. I could keep up with the play. You know, I, I was, I can handle the puck. You know, I just wasn't, uh, you know, a guy to go out there and, you know, try to fight everyone. You know, I had some skill and, and it's just, uh, I, I just had it in my head. Like I, I just knew. And it seemed like every year, like back then, they, like they, the young kids weren't getting like, well, unless you're like a super first rounder, like they're getting a few years in the minors, they're getting some experience in the minors. Like, Unless in the, I, I felt like that's just what it was. Every time, you know, uh, signing date or you know, the signing deadline would come, like they would sign like an older player. It was frustrating for me, but that's just the way the things were back then. So I just went down the minors and worked my butt off. I always started off and had a, you know, I was averaging close to a point a game in the minors, and you know, kind of forced them to uh, to call me up and yeah, after that. a certain. Yeah, after a certain point, they have to put you on waivers to send you back down. Yeah, you know, I was playing really well, and I was, you know, starting to get a name for myself with fighting wise, and you know, being a physical player. And you know, I think they were worried that someone was going to claim me off waivers, so they they couldn't send me down. I didn't play many games, but you know, I was up with the club and yeah. you know, getting that experience. But uh, a lot of healthy scratches and a lot of hot dogs up in the press box. <laughs> Yeah, but those are Montreal hot dogs. Oh, those are good. I would I would go through a six or seven a game. It was Joe Louis, you name it. It was uh, yeah. 
it was crazy. Anyone stand I, out at that time, Aaron, like from, a, a, you know, one of your teammates from a mentorship role to you? Well, my, my first roommate was Corson, was, was Shane Corson. Uh, I kind of came in and, uh, you know, he kind of took me under his wing a bit and, you know, uh, made me feel, you know, made me feel a part of the team. And, you know, he was one of the older guys. He was one of the leaders and you know, always nice to have, you know, you know, a guy who's, uh, you know, a guy like Horse, who's, uh, you know, has a name for himself. He's got a well reputation, played the game hard. And, you know, for a guy to come up uh, to a 20 year old kid and like, school, you're going with me. We're going for lunch. Hey, we're going for dinner. You're coming with us, you know, not being stuck at the hotel room by myself, you know, not knowing anyone. So he made me feel right at home. Nice. And then I had, uh, I had Dougie Gilmore as my, uh, as my second. So I had, uh, I had some, uh, wow. I had some legends there that I was, uh, that I was rooming with and, you know, they're kind of showing me the way, you know, sometimes it wasn't the right way, but it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a, a way. NHL, it was it a was way. NHL lifestyle and, yeah. you know, it was, uh, you know, thank, th I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to play with those guys because they, uh, they showed me a lot. They showed me that, uh, you know, you can have a lot of fun, but, you know, you come to the rink, you got to put in your time, you got to work for it. But, uh, you know, you know, pick your spots. And, you know, I was just very thankful to have those guys uh, kind of uh, start me off on my path. After four years in the Montreal organization, uh, you go to the New York Islanders. In fact, it was the only time you got traded. Uh, the other yeah. moves were all free agent moves. Uh how much did it help? Cause it, it looks like in it with the Islanders, things went really well. Yeah. Uh, it was just time to move on from, for me. Uh, Ray Jean, the guy, the GM that, that, that drafted me, he was fired. Uh, we brought in Andre Savard who, uh, I don't he, I, I don't think he was too fond of my game too much. Uh, it's a funny story. We're, uh, like I played maybe, 35 games all year. I was a healthy scratch. I was getting bagged. We're playing against Boston, and that's when McLaren hit Zednick with the big elbow. And yeah. So they're like, you're in next game. So I was like, perfect. We're in this game. It's game five. I think we're down through five or six. We're going into Boston. But it was a do or die game. And he's like, you're going in. And I'm like, oh, I was so excited. I actually ended up staying in for the rest of the series. We ended up winning it and we went to Carolina and I was playing three, three minutes, four minutes a game. <laughs> so we ended up losing in Carolina and I'm getting undressed. I showered and watching the bus and Savard calls me over and started reaming me out, like basically blaming the loss on me. He's like, you know, we need more out of you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just said to him, I was like, Andre, I played, I had four shifts. I tried running, you know, Every time I was on the ice, I was trying to take yeah. someone's head off. Like, what else do you, you know, what else do you need me to do? And that was it. I was done. Didn't play the rest of the, didn't play the rest of the series and was traded at the deadline. Oh, wow. Which was a yeah, which was a blessing in disguise because I had a chance to sign with, uh, with Pittsburgh and Andre was there as an assistant coach. And I was like, no, thank you. No. I'm going to go there. And go there and end up beating up the assistant coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we didn't see eye to eye, and uh, you know, uh, you know, to be a young kid like that and kind of put that, uh, you know, you know, we need more audio of the team. You know, kind of, I I wasn't happy with it. Yeah, and uh, you know, water under the bridge. But uh, I love my time in Montreal. I love the guys. Uh, 
you know, they're, it's just, uh, it was time to move on. And, uh, you know, thank God, uh, they all seen, uh, seen something in me, especially after the series they had with Toronto, with the, with the bloodbath, they thought they needed a little more grit and, you know, trade, uh, definitely changed my, my, my path and my career. Yeah. It looks like things really took off for you with the Islanders. Yeah. I went in and, uh, you know, Peter Laviolette was, uh, was the head coach and he sat down and told me what he expected from me. So, he, you know, he seen skill in me cause, uh, he coached against me in the minors and, you know, I was close to a point of guy game there. And so he knew I had the skill and I had the grit and he just put me in the right situations, played me with some good players, uh, gave me, you know, threw me a bone on the power play. So, uh, he definitely helped my, uh, helped my confidence, you know, in my first few years. And then, uh, it's kind of snowballed and, you know, goals weren't, uh, weren't coming, uh, like they were in junior, but, uh, you know, I was trying to do something every night to help my team win. Yeah. Well, it looks like you'd really solidified your spot in the league. Absolutely. Uh, you moved to New Jersey just for a year. Then you get to Philadelphia. I wanted to ask you about uh, the 2010 playoffs. You guys get yeah. to the Stanley Cup final, uh, lost to Chicago in the final. But in the second round, you're playing the Boston Bruins. You're down three games to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you come back to win it in seven, which is, you know, absolutely unbelievable. What do you recall from that series? Uh, it was a pretty, you know, the, the first few games, they, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of controlling it. And then, uh, you know, game three, game three, I'm not sure what the score is, but going into game four, like, like Lavi had, like Lavi ran a good dressing room. Like, like Lavi, one thing about Lavi, you know, he knows how to get the guys going. And, and uh, Game th game four, uh, Mike Richards hit Krejci. I can't remember which period it was, but hit Krejci, put him out, and that just right there, it just snowballed. We ended up winning game three, and it, I, I I I don't know how to explain it, but we knew, I knew going into game to game five in Bo in Boston, I was like, we're winning this game, hundred percent. The guys knew it. We went back home. We knew we were winning. Going into Boston, game game seven, it's just we 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 knew we weren't losing. Down three nothing. We call a timeout in the first period. We get a lucky goal. We go into the dressing room and we said we we're like we're not losing this game. We're not. And you know, Gag scored some big goals. It was just it was it was it's hard to explain because it was it was all a blur, but. We knew going in after that game four, we knew we weren't losing that series. We knew it. it it's incredible, hey, how a series can change. I mean, just, the mo just on a dime, the momentum, yeah, like that, like the one big hit, and out, and that was it. And and it was just from there. And we had Prongs, who was you know just an ultimate leader. We had Kimu, like we had a really really good team. And uh, you know, too bad, you know, Ray Emery was hurt. You know, he had his hip surgery. Like, I think if we had Razor, you know, rest in peace, Razor. But if we had Razor healthy, we would have won the Stanley Cup that year. Yeah. Our, yeah. You know, Bush was hurt. Bry Bush was hurt. And we had Leighton, who was in the minors all year. Nothing against Leighton. Like, he came in and, you know, he helped us win that series against Boston. It was just in the finals, the pressure. I, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think if we had, uh, you know, Razor in there, I think we would have been looking at a ring. <laughs> but, yeah yeah 
but it, you know, it was an experience. It was, uh, you know, something I'll never forget and something that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. The city of Philadelphia <laughs> must have went crazy though. It was, it was insane. It was insane. Like any, any memorable Philly fan stories, uh, Aaron? Well, <laughs> uh, exhibition season. I think it was the following year. Or no, no, maybe it was maybe it was the year we went to the, to the cups. But anyways, it's an exhibition game, and the fans are so passionate there. I think we ended up losing, but someone brought a smoke bomb, some type of smoke bomb into the rink and threw it at their bench, and it exploded, and there's smoke everywhere. And they're, oh. they're very passionate. There's fights in the stands. Is you know, there's some games where I'm sitting. I'm walk, looking up behind me, watching two guys go at it, and not even watching the game. It's just they're just very passionate fans. You get a couple beers, get a few beers in them, and you you, you never know what's going to happen. Always well, both wearing flyer jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've played in some pretty good places, like and after Philadelphia, you were in Pittsburgh, and then you you finished up with the New York Rangers, but. You you saw the the New York New York rivalry from both sides Islanders Rangers uh, with Philadelphia the passionate fans some great rivalries there uh, with Philadelphia whether it be New Jersey or both the New York teams or Boston you name it yeah uh, your time in New York with the Rangers uh, how did you enjoy that it had to be different than than Long Island um, yeah what was it like playing at, at Madison Square Garden. It was nice. I, I was always, you know, the enemy coming in because I, you know, I played with Jersey. I played with, you know, every team in the, the old Atlantic division. Yeah. So, all the rivalry you know, teams. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It was, it, it, it was, it was definitely strange. It wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my favorite place to play. I was, yeah. you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big city type of guy. You know, I go into the city maybe once, twice a year and I'm more of a, you know, small town, you know, Canadian country boy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I actually lived on Long Island and I just, and I commuted, which was, uh, you know, my kid, kids were in a good school. My, uh, my kid had a learning disability at a young, uh, when he was younger. So he had friends in school and, you know, my wife was traveling with me everywhere. So it was time for me to sacrifice for them. And, so I so we stayed in uh, in our in our hometown here in Long Island, and I made the commute, which was cool. about an hour and uh, fifteen uh, every morning. Uh, do my skate, now drive back home, and then go into the city for the games, or stay at the stay in the hotel uh, in the afternoons and get a rest and, and go and play. But a lot of traveling, but uh, it was uh, you know something that you know you, you do whatever you can for your kids. So it's, yeah. It wasn't that bad, but yeah, I I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan. wasn't a, That was probably my least favorite team was to play. Yeah. With. Well, you yeah. Mu- you must have loved it on Long Island because uh, you've stayed there. Uh, that it it seems like a an incredibly like it's a beautiful beautiful area like oh. around where yeah it's unbelievable. People, people yeah like people don't realize just how you know how nice the island is mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, they, they were looking at the Coliseum and, you know, making judgments on, on the Coliseum. And, you know, we've got some of the most beautiful golf courses in, uh, in the world. We have beautiful beaches. And I'm actually a block from, uh, you know, probably from one of the nicest beaches in, uh, in New York. So it's, you know, it's tough to leave. 
it was tough to leave and you know you meet a lot of great people you have a lot of good friends and you know so we're in a we're in a what is it one of there's like five five blocks five six blocks it's a small little beach town and uh you know everyone knows everyone and uh can't see can't see myself leaving here anytime soon were you in that area when you played for the Islanders, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been down here for, I, I don't even remember when I got traded. What was it, 2002, 2003 maybe? So I've yeah. been down here ever since. So what what did that transition out of hockey look like for you? When when did you, uh, was it Madison Square Gardens that was the writing on the wall that you felt? Well, you know, what's, coming? well you know what's funny is uh, a lot of the older players, they go to the ranges to die it's like it seems like everyone like there's always an older like happened to red you know he went over there and you know it just seems like you just go there to die and uh <laughs> that was it's crazy to say but it's i you know i wanted to stay in pittsburgh like i love pittsburgh pittsburgh is such a great city and you know the guys were there were, were, were phenomenal and that was my first you know but the cross check in the playoffs and the suspension i don't think uh I don't think that helped my case there, but, uh, <laughs> but I ended up signing there for two years and I kind of knew there, I was like, I went in there and, you know, played decent, but wasn't getting much ice time. I love Torts. Torts was awesome. He was, you know, one of my favorite coaches is just, uh, you know, I was a 30, what was I, 34, 35. And that was it. You're done kid. Hang yeah. him up. So I, uh, was that tough I to actually, take or were you, were you kind of ready for it? What You know what? My body, I was towards the end. It, it was, it was tough. It was tough. You know, there's still a little bit of fighting, you know, there's still a lot of like, that was the worst part going in. It was, you know, it was the mental game was, you know, trying to get up for every game, knowing that, you know, you're going to have, you know, a meathead coming around, you know, wanting to yeah. fight or, you know, something. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy. I was, you know, 200 pounds, 5'11", and, you know, I was fighting some big guys. So, it, you know, it took a little, uh, you know, a little, little head games. But, uh, you know, that part, it was just when you have a hard time getting motivated to play hockey, you know, something's going on. And I just, it, I was at that stage where, you know, I think I could have went over to Germany and played or, you know, play a, signed in the minors for another year. It was just you know, my body just had enough and yeah. my hands and my head and wanted to spend some time with the kids. And it was yeah. just, uh, it was just time to, plus no one wanted me. So that also, <laughs> that, also <laughs> that also, you know, had something to do with it, but, uh, you know, but you know, I, yeah, I, I could have continued playing. Like I could have went to rush. I'm sure and it was just, you know, it just always comes a day, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm, enough's enough. You're right. Yeah. So, so you're a kid coming out of Portage La Prairie. Um, you stay pretty connected to to the community. Give back. What what's that look like for you? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I go home usually every summer. I have uh, most all my family still lives back there. My uh, my two daughters from my first marriage, uh, they're there. They're going to school. One's playing hockey at Bomaro Hall, out of Winnipeg, and I go back home and I host uh, Aaron's chance to play. It's a it's a golf it's a foundation I started. Uh, about 16 years ago, we uh, we pay for we pay for hockey for you know kids that can't uh, can't afford it hockey registration equipment That's travel. Awesome. So yeah. uh, you know we help about 40 50 kids a year. 
play hockey and yep. uh we've been doing it for 15 years how'd that start I, I had help I, you know i didn't grow up with a lot of money i had uh i had you know three brothers and uh you know we just didn't have the means so i had you know elders you know people from the from the reservations help out gladys cook who uh who was my neighbor who was uh who was an elder who you know really uh, really took to me and you know just uh, just supported whatever you know money wise or whatever i needed and you know when i was in a position to where i was you know able to to give back it, it was a no-brainer and you know without uh, without the support of uh, you know my community and you know the people that uh, that believed in me who knows where i would have been so it's just uh, you know i had to do it and something that i uh I hold close to my heart and it's something yeah. i'm very proud of and you know uh you know we're helping uh you know we're helping a lot of kids play hockey and that's that's, that's awesome. the most important thing for me yeah it is the a lot of the support with with first nation youth aaron or uh what I are you think, doing with i think it's about it, it's about 50 50 you know okay. maybe a little yeah. bit more with uh you know we're we're right now we're uh central manitoba so you know we're uh we have uh you know quite quite the area we're, we're trying to expand it to uh to all of manitoba eventually but uh you know uh we get those kids uh you know playing a team sport being around uh you know that team atmosphere and you know it does wonders for them and uh yeah totally it, yeah it's just it i think it's very important especially with uh you know the way things are going these days you know with uh with all the bad things in the world and uh you know if you can help uh you know 40 kids a year to choose good. a different path yeah. with it's, it, you know it's, it's 16 awesome. years later that's, that's yeah. a lot of kids exactly. yeah yeah that's a lot of kids so. yeah, yeah we're uh, we're doing well that's Go good ahead, yeah team sports is so so important hey in, in a young person's life and not to to like a very small amount go on to to play the game for for money but it's just the values that you you learn, I guess, through the game. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you learn about commitment. You learn about, you know, you know, trusting yourself, trusting your teammates. You know, it, it's just, it's, I think it's just hugely important. It, it, it's just not hockey. You know, like we will, you know, whatever we can do, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll help out. And, uh, you know, last year was our first year in uh, 16 years that we couldn't hold it because of COVID and, you know, we have our date booked this year and uh, I'm hoping it's, I'm going to be able to get home. I haven't been home for yeah, year, yeah. over a year to see my kids and my family because of this COVID stuff. And it's the rules of getting home. Like I got to quarantine for two weeks. I got to stay in a hotel. It's like, I don't have time. I got to work out yeah. here and I got things yeah. I got to do. I, yeah. you know, so I'm hoping it eases up here soon. I'm fully vaccinated now. So I'm, hoping that's, I'm so hoping that helps, but yeah. uh, get vaccinated know, people. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, Somebody. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I take to get home ASAP. Right on. Fishing you, season. You, you start to, yes. <laughs> yeah, the good fish, enough in Canada. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of this beach town living. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you rest up a little bit, Aaron, after hockey, um, you got the charity thing going. That's great. But, what, what did you, what were the opportunities in front of you? What'd you want to do going forward? What are you doing now? Tell us a bit about that. Path. I am right now. I'm, I'm working with the Islanders with New York Islanders. Uh, 
I'm the, I guess, what is it? The head uh, amateur hockey alumni. So I'm coaching, uh, I'm coaching a major midget AAA team here on the island, the junior Islanders. Uh, I do the learn to play through the NHL. Uh, it's just getting kids, you know, introduced to the game. It's a lot of learning stuff, but we go to rink to rink, uh, me and another alumni out here and run a clinic for an hour for, for, for newbies and, you know, try to get them hooked playing this game and, and uh, I'm selling, uh, selling insurance. There you go. Trying to, trying yeah. to, yeah. it's uh, I had, uh, I actually coached, uh, I coached, uh, a kid a few years ago and the dad really took to me and he was he's like you'd be great in the insurance business you you know you got to come over and talk with me and you know we'll try to get you going here so i was like yeah yeah, yeah. i was never a scholar right so i was like okay yeah we'll talk we'll talk but he kept on me he kept on me kept on me and finally i went in and had a meeting with him and his partner and they wanted to bring me aboard they do a lot of hop a lot of baseball nfl mlb so they never had a hockey guy so they're like we're going to bring you in as a hockey guy and we'll see how it goes so i went and studied for six months and somehow passed this test <laughs> and so I'll, so i'm selling insurance now so uh it's it's more of a part-time gig but yeah great time to start during a pandemic but yeah. uh it's been pretty slow but uh you know once these rinks open up and you know We'll we'll see where it goes. Yep. I'm hoping a uh, little uh, little side action. You know, you never know. We'll see what happens. The the Islander alumni is pretty active in the community, so you're doing a lot there. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat. We're yep. we're definitely trying to build up our alumni a little more. But uh, you know, we we're around. We're around. You know, we still have a lot of guys. You know, Clark Gillies is still here. Uh, Patty Lafontaine, Flats, Pat Flats. He's not far. So you know, there's still a lot of guys on the island. It's just, uh, you know, we do our, uh, you know, we do our appearances and all that fun stuff and we get to, you know, meet up and hang out and tell old lore stories. So it's, so it's nice. Uh, right back to the day where you almost missed the bus to uh, a lifetime of opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I missed it. Oh, I missed it. It was purpose. It was purpose. I missed that. I was, I, I, I was, I, I didn't want to leave home quite yet, but, uh, but thank God Carter made that trip out and, you know yeah. him and his him and his girl at the time and picked me up and <laughs> awkward twelve hour drive to Red Deer. I tell you that. No doubt. Yeah, I can imagine the first team road trip. Uh, didn't I tell you guys I don't ride the bus? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I need someone to it drive was, me. Uh, it like it was tough when I first got there. Is you know living with a complete strange family. Yeah. Like I've never and you know being a just turned 16 i was like oh my god like i don't know if i can do this then i then you know you get start skating you start meeting the guys and you know i met uh, mike whitney who i still uh still keep in yeah. touch with you know i met wally we had hendy you know we had a lot of guys my age which was i i think which was important yeah. for just for myself because you know a lot of the older guys you know they they don't want to hang out with a 16 year old kid so so but once i met witter and wally and everyone it was i didn't want to go home i just didn't want to go that, home in the that first week 10 days first, like it, yeah exactly. just the, now, that, that's what it was I, for me it was more like i was always a, a grandma's boy like like me and my grandma were we're really tight so it, it was tough leaving her and uh but uh but yeah 
once I once I got to know the boys and when, you know, I, we when were, I was 16 in Saskatoon you'd go from the rink where you know Twist, Kosher, Clark were trying to take your head off every, yeah. every single uh, session <laughs> <laughs> to uh, uh, an elderly um, billet couple who didn't know anything about the game and yeah until you get to know the boys that first week or two but yeah it, it's smooth it sailing tough. from there that's oh. my advice to anyone just get through that first that week and you'll you'll be okay well that's what happened with the kid in uh brady keeper the, the kid from northern manitoba who uh went to maine and he was uh he was struggling he was struggling he had a girlfriend and he, you know he's was living on reserve he was always used to wasn't used to leaving so he was having a tough time leaving he was going to go back home and myself and jordan tutu a lot of the ex NHL indigenous guys actually reached out to him and kind of talked him off the cliff. Like, Hey buddy, like this is, this is something that, you know, you're going to regret for the rest of your life if you don't actually make this trip and, and he's done it and he's doing well for himself now. So, nice. you know, sometimes, sometimes you just need that little, the little push, the little, you know, little talk from, uh, you know, from, uh, from your elders and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. thank God he's doing well for himself now. So, these uh little bridges in life these little off you know get us one side exactly sometimes yeah. it's a 12-hour car ride <laughs> yeah you uh, can't uh yeah. can't do it all by yourself you know you you know you need that that support system and uh you know especially for for the indigenous you know the yeah. indigenous kids it's really it's really tough for them so i was glad uh we we're able to talk to him a little bit and uh you know and he's you know pursuing his dream now which is uh great to see that's awesome well, you, you've definitely, uh, uh, Mooners even shared you're, you're a champion of the, uh, the community and, and yep. it's awesome to hear you're still giving back that way. Right. You haven't forgot where, where you came from. So no, no, I didn't awesome. come from much. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's nice giving back. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for joining us on the, the top cheddar podcast. No problem boys. No problem. Uh, a good time. Uh, glad the connectivity out to Long Island uh, worked today. We yeah, we, we yeah, figured out the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm so done with this stuff. It's, ah, it's hey, you figured it out. You got to go. I did. My my wife helped, but yeah, whatever like, it usually, takes. Uh, little bridges usually, in life. <laughs> usually it's the kids. Usually it's the yeah. kids doing all it. Like I don't have a clue. Uh, totally. So well, if you need help with Fortnite or my uh, Minecraft, oh yeah, kids I will, know those kids will those help kids, out there. Those kids are crazy. <laughs> uh folks yeah, if you haven't yeah. yet head to topchatter.ca uh this interview and all kinds of other uh great great uh stories we've shared uh, over the time um please be sure to subscribe on any of the podcast platforms that you listen on leave us a review that would be great uh make fun of mooner that would be even better and sure. uh yeah thanks for joining us everyone have a great day perfect boys thank you thanks